Welcome. Another Melancholy episode, tribute to Joe Morgan, whom I saw play, and many of you, have, if you didn't see him play, you heard him describe the action very much in the public eye, maybe not so much lately, but but over the decades, a real contributor to baseball in, in so many ways, and uh, gone too soon, too young at, at 77. And uh, they said that it was, he died on Sunday at home, and they said it was due to a non-specified polyneuropathy. Poly means uh, many. Uh, neuro is uh, refers to nerves, and pathy or path is a, a suffix comes from the Greek that means suffering or disease. And so you think of pathology report or empathy, sympathy. Those are words that contain that. So it's not uh, as specific, but it, it sure sounds difficult, challenging, and that his uh, quality of life was obviously really impacted in the last uh, months and years. Again, only 77, born in uh, 43. So he played uh, 22 seasons in the big leagues, had a great long career, starting in 63, which at the beginning of 63 season, he not even 20. And then he went up to uh, 1984, was his last year where he's 41, started the Astros when they were the Colt 45s, but found his uh, real niche and his peak years were with the big red machine in Cincinnati. In fact, he won two back-to-back MVPs in 75 and 76 when the Reds won one consecutive World Series uh, championships. He had power. He had speed. He was a good fielder. He stole 127 bases in his two and, and 600 and some over his career. So again, that was in an earlier day when they had more stolen bases, but five consecutive gold gloves, 10 all-star teams, uh, a lot to be. He, if he were coming up now, he'd be, he'd be, he was a superstar. He is a superstar. He probably wasn't as respected in the, um, 70s when I was uh, collecting as he was later as it became obvious that he was he was a, a true Hall of Famer. In fact, he finished second in the Hall of Fame, uh, pardon me, second in the uh, Rookie of the Year voting in 65. And uh, I'm not saying he was robbed, but, and I'm not saying there's, uh, let's just say there have been 18 Rookies of the Year from the Dodgers organization, which is uh, pretty amazing. And so he, amazing, not suspicious, but uh, there's a lot of uh, media clout with uh, Brooklyn first and then LA. But Jim LaFever was the, in fact, he won handily against Joe Morgan. But if you look at the stats, again, this is pre-Saber, this is pre-Fantasy. If you looked at it now, there's no way you would say that Jim LaFever, the only category where he uh, beat out Joe Morgan was uh, in RBIs, which again was a, a very strong indicator back in those, as I said, pre-Saber and pre-Fantasy. Joe had more power, more speed, more stolen, way more stolen bases, but batting, I, I don't know if he batted first or second or seventh or what, but he probably was not in a position on those Astro team in the 65 to get a lot of RBIs. When you die, you want people to say nice things about you. And Joe had great things said about him as as we get into the eulogizing. But uh, Johnny Bench, again, who played with him in his prime, said Joe wasn't just the best second baseman in baseball history. He was the best player I ever saw and one of the best people I've ever known. What, what a great uh, compliment. But Joe Morgan was a complete player offensively and defensively, uh, disruptor, uh, but could win a game with power or speed. So again, before I get too far, thanks sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as well as ComC and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading Authentication. Again, this is Sports Card Insights podcast. Surely there'll be some activity as to be expected with uh, Joe Morgan and his cards and collectibles and autographs. But again, as I said, it's uh, it absolutely draws scrutiny and under scrutiny, Joe was and as I said, perhaps the best second baseman of all time, according to 
Bill James and other other metrics, the current metrics. But he didn't have a high batting average, but his on base percentage, he, he he could lead the league or uh, lead the league in walks. He got a lot of walks. Of course, if you're five seven, you're you're probably going to get some walks. But again, a walk is as good as a double with a guy that's that fast uh, sometimes. So went on as he retired. He went. In, he was well spoken. He went to the broadcast booth and was quite obvious. And he's, we've had, this is just another Hall of Fame member to die just recently. And again, they're not directly related to COVID, but you know, it's been a strange year. It's just got done with the eulogizing Whitey Ford. Here comes Joe Morgan, but Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Tom Seaver, and Al Kaline before that, all pretty outstanding players and, and, and really outstanding men. His wife says, Joe, was one of a kind. I guess that's obvious, but both on and off the field, he fought for what he believed in and dedicated himself to helping others rise and thrive. His example will inspire people for decades to come, quote and unquote. So uh, I want my wife to say nice things about me too. I'm obviously one of a kind too, but to be known for helping others is is terrific. He was He did help others, but he was helped by coming up in the era of artificial turf. Artificial turf was just coming on, and the ball gets through the infield really fast, but there's a true bounce. You can run faster on the turf. So he benefited from that. Again, he he still got to get bat on the ball and field it cleanly and, and do all the things. So he was all of those things. But beyond his career and his announcing career, he wound up uh, getting on the board of the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame up in Cooperstown, and he became a really influential voice for the Veterans Committee and the just the Hall of Fame in general. In fact, he was at his death. He, I believe, he was the vice chairman of the Hall of Fame. So it's run by board of directors, and uh, so he was very influential in bringing some additional Hall of Famers in because of his strong influence and uh, and uh, persuasion. On the other hand, that did not apply to the uh, steroid group. He was very much anti-steroids. I think when you're 5'7", 150, and against the odds of being below average stature and and weight even, and being a smaller player, and getting into the Hall of Fame and, and doing all the great things he did as players are getting bigger and bigger, I think he did not appreciate that people were using PEDs when he didn't. You've heard of the uh, bat flips that are controversial. Well, Joe Morgan's famous for the bat flaps. He he would, uh, and in fact, I've actually emulated him in my golf swing to make sure my elbow doesn't fly away. So it's it's keeping your elbow up high and tucked in and in place so that when you swing, you can deliver uh, maximum power. So <laughs> I don't know that I'm delivering maximum power to the golf ball, but I'm delivering more doing it a la Joe Morgan than if I don't. As for his cards... Again, he didn't have any cards till 65. He's, again, just, he's not even turning 22 until late in, in, in the season of, uh, of 65. But he's got, uh, an OPG card, which again, I, to me, that'd be my preferred, the preferred rookie. I'm not aware. It says in the OPG, that's a, uh, that's a double print. I'm not aware that it's a double print with OPG. I do know that it's a double print for the tops version, again, of the same number 16. And it's a, a multi, it's a two-player card with the rookie stars along with the Sonny Jackson. It was uh, decent for a while. But he also had a team issue. The problem with those, as I've said, other than the fact that it's difficult to determine the year, they're frequently oversized. And that's not appreciated as well. They don't fit in the in the two and a half by three and a half. His next cards, non-rookie, actually the 66 cards, I think all are really good because it'll be his first individual card. And he has the the very difficult to find uh, Venezuelan issue, very difficult to find in any condition, much less in good. But his, his, uh, his 66 tops card is, a, again, pretty easy to find, but the rookie trophy card, some people collect those. 
couple other obscure things that I guess I could say I don't recommend them. They're the, these not even cards. There's the marbles that came out early in his career and the Coke caps. I actually collected the Coke caps when I was uh, of that age. And, and some of these poster inserts, again, they're just not in favor. I'd be shocked if they ever come in vogue, but if they ever did, they are, they're much rarer than the typical tops issues that come out. Finally, with respect to cards, and again, if you're trying to get ahead to get a jump on what's the next big thing, look at the 1972 tops issue cards for Joe Morgan. He's got a card number 132. He's still a member of the Astros in the description, in spite of the fact that he was traded, the big trade between the Astros and the Reds in on November 29th of 71. But again, the first series of tops, which card 132 would be, was uh, probably already in the works in, in late 71. But tops to their credit came back in the 1972 tops last series with card 752 being Joe's traded to the Reds card. And, and frankly, that's, it's worth a lot more part than the, than his uh, card in the first series, obviously, because the high series is quite a bit tougher. And again, this could be a trend uh, as people look for things other than the rookie cards to focus on. The first card in a, in the new uniform, especially when that involves a famous trade, a noteworthy trade. In fact, it's a, a day that lives in infamy for the Astros who traded away their Hall of Famer for Lee May, who had just seen his, his, his best year, I think the year before. It wasn't probably as lopsided of a trade at the time, but it sure turned out that way in the end. The Reds went on to the world championships and a decade of excellence with Tony Perez and Pete Rose and Dave Concepcion and Joe Morgan. So Johnny Bench. So again, great, uh, teammates, but Joe Morgan was not the star that the straw that stirred the drink. He was the probably the spark plug, the guy that that got it going. Again, I just I, I worry about uh, quality of life and uh, that's a tough way to go. Again, I, I just don't know that more details will be forthcoming, but uh, but uh, there's a guy that had a great career and a great after his playing career. And again, if you're memorialized for helping others to rise and thrive, what a great tribute. So uh, again, hats off to Joe Morgan. Our sympathies to his to his daughters and wife <clears throat> and friends and teammates. And again, uh, a, a life well-lived, strong contributions to others. And uh, the Hall of Fame is a better place for having him in it, as well as the people that he has, he has helped to get in as well. So thanks, everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.